Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson. In our study of 1 John, we're moving right along to verse 24 of chapter 2. Today we're going to be looking at the foundation of the gospel and the gospel in its fulfillment in Christ and how that gospel abides in us. So 1 John 2.24a reads, Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. So I see that the gospel is basically broken down into two sections and what you heard from the beginning is the gospel. That's what John's referring to. So first, we're going to look at what we have heard from the beginning beginning. So first, we have to remember that we cannot look at the gospel in just the New Testament context. The gospel starts from Genesis to Revelation. Now, it is fulfilled in Christ, and its climax is at the cross and his payment for our sins. However, the good news for us starts at the bad news of how we sinned and how we damage our relationship with God, and how Christ repairs that. And that's how it's fulfilled. Christ repairs our relationship with God. So we can't just look at it. That's like starting a movie and going right to the end. You know, like, oh, that's my favorite part. Sure, that's probably the best part in the movie. However, you shouldn't just... It's not going to be as enjoyable and fulfilling if you just look at it from the end. You have to look at it as a whole. You have to look at the gospel starting from Genesis. So first off in Genesis, we see that God creates man good in the image of God. We see that in Genesis 1, 26-27. And he also creates man with a free will, the ability to choose what is right, what is of God, or to choose sin. So we see that God gave man the law in two ways, implicitly and explicitly. God gave man the law implicitly through man's conscience, which comes from our being made in the image of God. We bear the image of God, and so we have implanted in us a sense of what's right and what's wrong. We see this in both believers and unbelievers. Both believers and unbelievers wear clothes. I mean, think about that, because that's what's right and proper. And so we also see this explicitly through the commands God had given us. And so at, in the beginning, in Genesis, he gave them not a whole lot of commands just to take care of the garden and not to eat from the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Obviously, we see that man broke God's good law. We see that in Genesis 3. So when man did that, he was punished with death, both physical and spiritual. We were punished with spiritual death because an infinite punishment or an infinite sin demands an infinite punishment. Since we sinned against an infinite God, it must be repaid with an infinite punishment, and that is eternity in hell. And we're punished with a physical death, because if we did not have physical death, then we would just live forever in a broken and fallen world. And death really is a merciful act of God. Because that's how, if we trust in him, as we'll see later, we can spend eternity with him. So God gives his law explicitly through the Mosaic law, the prophets, and other parts of the Old Testament. That's the other way how he gives his law explicitly. And that's how he gave it to Moses and to the people of Israel. And so this is the foundation of the gospel, the whole Old Testament. We cannot forget or neglect the Old Testament. It is crucial to our understanding of the New Testament. 
Because if we just start, if you think, going back to the movie illustration, if we just start at the end of the movie, it'll be harder for us to understand. If we don't understand why we need a savior, then we won't want one. So that leads into my second point of what we have heard from the closer beginning, and that is the New Testament. We see in the New Testament that God sends his divine son to earth as a man. Jesus was conceived of by the Holy Spirit. We get that from Matthew one twenty. He did not inherit the sinful nature of Adam. We see that from Luke one thirty five. So that means that he was perfect. He did not have the sin inherited from Adam. And that is great news for us because that means he can pay for our sins as we see that he will do. So I get that he was not sinful. Um, he did not get the sinful nature of Adam from Luke one thirty five. And um, just to quote that a little bit, it says, The child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So this perfect God-man paid for our sins by dying on the cross. That is the climax of the gospel, the climax of the whole Bible. It is the highest point of emotional intensity. Because that's how we get saved, through Jesus dying. And then not only dying, but defeating death by rising again. And that resurrection is God's stamp of approval on Jesus' payment for our sins. Think of it as a receipt, you know? It's God saying, this purchase has been validated. Our, the sins of those who put their faith in Jesus are paid for in the full. So, we see that Jesus is the final and ultimate sacrifice for us. Um, I love Jesus saying, it is finished, which he said on the cross, that is so pivotal for our understanding of our relationship with him. It is finished. Our sins are paid for. It's done. Nothing can add on to it. Nothing can take it away. It is finished. So we see that our sins are paid for, and we receive eternal life if we believe in him alone for our salvation. I love the scene in Acts 16, where the jailer after having a crazy event happen around him, asked Paul and Barnabas, I believe it's Barnabas, I could be wrong about that, but I know Paul was there. He asked them, how do I get saved? And then they tell him, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Because that's just, that's so simple. And yet sometimes it's hard, so hard to do. All you have to do is trust in Christ alone for your salvation. You have to repent from your sins, repent from trying to find meaning on your own, and turn to Christ for salvation. And so, how does this gospel abide in us as believers? Well, first off, we have adoption as sons of God, and we are brothers of Christ. We see that in Romans 8.15 and Matthew 12.50. We receive joy, hope, and meaning from our heavenly family. Since Jesus is our brother, he helps us through life. Since God is our Father, we live for Him. And we can see the Father through Jesus. We see that in Hebrews 1.3. He is the radiance of the glory of God. That's how we see our Dad, through our brother, Jesus Christ. And so we have to soak in God's Word and let it abide in us every day. We have to be pouring into the Scripture so that we can abide in it and it can abide in us. We have to constantly be letting our worldview and how we view the world and how we view ourselves be shaped by what God says. 
And that is how we have hope, joy, and meaning and truth in this world that we live in. Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform and share us with your family and friends. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please send them to me at daniel at adoptedbelievers.com. Daniel.